You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Welcome you to the Spartan Strong edition of a Thinking Out Loud radio show, guys. We're going to be talking and dedicating the entire episode to uh, the mass shooting that took place at Michigan State University on uh, Monday, February the 13th. So in the first segment, we want to talk about kind of like the timeline of events that took place on that fateful day, Monday, February 13th, after 8 p.m., in the evening where we all were watching uh, our televisions around the country as these young people were um, uh, fearing for their lives. Then in the second segment, we want to talk about the impact, uh, the enormous impact uh, of this, of what happened uh, at MSU and the outpouring and showing of love and support that we received from um, around the country and even from our uh, rival institution, the University of Michigan. Um, we're going to share that with you. And in the final segment, we're going to answer the question, where do we go from here? Because we have to go somewhere with this. There has to be some substantive uh, steps that need to be taken. Um, whether from the grassroots level all the way up to uh, our uh, state and federal legislatures. It's time. 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 For the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week. Chattered and systematic change will take place. We will observe and hold accountable those officials who seem to prefer, prefer guns over human life. We absolutely must pass gun reform legislation, background checks, support for mental health, and more training and evaluation measures for law enforcement. These and other policy changes are desperately needed in each mass violence, in violence incident over and over again is evidence that of that urgency. As we share this message this weekend to our constituencies and the public, may God's power and presence be with us all as we navigate through a grievous season toward a peaceful future. A new episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimitz. You're tuned in to the show 
is giving voice to issues that matter to you. We want to welcome you to the Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, guys. We're going to be talking and dedicating the entire episode to uh, the mass shooting that took place at Michigan State University on, on Monday, February the 13th. Uh, we just wanted to take some time today to remember uh, the lives that were lost, those that were injured, both uh, physically and even mentally, um, and the countless numbers of people that have been impacted by what took place on this campus just a few days ago. Uh, we didn't do a show on last week, uh, took a little break, but um, we wanted to take some time again this week to talk about this MSU uh, shooting uh, and to answer the question, where do we go from here? We'll be doing that in this week's Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And um, our hearts are still heavy. I'm sure many of you are thinking about uh, those young people and uh, many of you might even have young people that are students at Michigan State or you might even be alumni of Michigan State like myself. And uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to all of the families that have been impacted impacted by this mass shooting as well as um, uh, many of the mass shootings that have happened uh, within this past year. We're gonna get into some of the statistics, but they are definitely alarming statistics. And uh, Congress, our legislatures, our policymakers in Michigan and not just um, in states around the country, but even in Washington need to do something about what is happening. Something can be done. And we're going to talk about that in more detail in the third segment of this week's edition. So in the first segment, we want to talk about kind of like the timeline of events that took place on that fateful day, Monday, February 13th, after 8 p.m. in the evening, where we all were watching uh, our televisions around the country as these young people were um, uh fearing for their lives, barricading themselves in classrooms and apartments and dormitories around the uh, campus of Michigan State University, uh, trying to shelter themselves from this uh, deranged gunman who um, was hell-bent on taking uh, the lives of any young people that came in his path. And so... Um, we uh, we want to, again, spend time today talking about that. We'll talk about the timeline of events. And then in the second segment, we want to talk about the impact, uh, the enormous impact uh, of this, uh, what happened uh, at MSU and the outpouring and showing of love and support that we received from um, around the country and even from our uh rivaled institution, the University of Michigan as well. Um, we're going to share that with you. And then the final segment, we're going to answer the question, where do we go from here? Because we have to go somewhere with this. There has to be some substantive uh, steps that need to be taken, um, whether from the grassroots level all the way up to uh, our uh, state and federal legislatures in order to get some serious change made in our uh, laws uh, when it, as it relates to 
gun legislation. So we want to talk about that in a real way in this Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in addition to uh, this discussion on gun legislation and this MSU mass shooting that took place on Monday, February 13th, we have a dynamic thought of the week that's going to be coming from our own pastor, Bishop Charles Haywood Ellis III, pastor of Greater Grace Temple, who on last Sunday read a statement from the ecumenical community, which he is very much a part of, regarding uh, this growing problem of gun violence and what steps we need to take in order to see real change in our country. So we're going to be sharing that with you at the end of this week's show. Guys, remember to follow us on all of our social media. We are everywhere now. We're on platforms, uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and now even TikTok. That's right, guys. We are on TikTok, and our TikTok is blowing up. Let me tell you, we are close now to 600 followers. Uh, um, some of our videos have gone viral. Um, I appreciate all of our support that we've gotten so far from our TikTok followers. Thank you so much for liking and sharing and even following us on TikTok. Uh, even to our Instagram family and followers, we're now close to 1,500 there. And on Facebook, we're almost at 350 of our fans there. So uh, our, our uh, numbers are continuing to grow. Our subscribers are up now on YouTube. We are close to 700 subscribers there on YouTube now. Thank you to all of our subscribers on YouTube. We appreciate you. And on Twitter, we're almost at 2,000 subscribers. So our numbers are continuing to go up. And um, please share and comment and even like our posts. We very much appreciate it. Uh, and we will be sharing comments that we get periodically from our social media on uh, our episodes, our podcast episodes right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So guys, we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for clicking the like button. Um, be sure if you're following us or subscribing to our YouTube channel, click the notification buttons so that way you don't miss any videos that we post or when we go live or anything that we have coming from our Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast or even Thinking Out Loud TV. Guys, make sure that you're following us and that you're subscribing to uh, our social media and our podcast. Well, we get ready to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be jumping right into our discussion of the MSU mass shooting that took place on Monday, February 13th. Guys, you don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio. Award-winning journalist, Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. And all we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner, and everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader, 
Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi because, again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the ones who stopped uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. In the black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar, L.H. Welchel, uh, he said the black church was born as a protest movement. Uh, that's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, I mean, the church itself uh, came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio. On January 15th, 1929, a king was born. Let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring and when this happens. He was a fighter for justice, equal rights, and freedom for all mankind. salute you today, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and may your legacy live on for generations to come. Happy birthday, Dr. King. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking Tonight, we now know the names of the three students shot and killed in that tragic mass shooting at Michigan State. Right now, five other victims remain in the hospital in critical condition. The outpouring of love and support for the Spartan community continues tonight as flags across Michigan fly at half-staff in their remembrance. Tonight, we're also learning more about the gunman and the note authorities say he left behind. Tonight, these are the innocent lives taken during another tragic mass shooting in America this year. Arielle Anderson, Brian Frazier, and Alexandria Werner, all students at Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. Arielle was a junior and an aspiring pediatrician. We were just hoping that maybe she was hiding somewhere. Brian Frazier, a sophomore and chapter president of Phi Beta Delta. His fraternity calls him a great friend to many. And Alexandria Werner, an upperclassman whose friends say was an example of kindness. Run! Their lives were sadly taken last night when police say a gunman went from building to building on a violent rampage, 
scared students hid in classrooms, fearing for their lives. He came in our class and let off three to four rounds when it went silent for about 30 seconds to a minute. Um, two, two of my classmates uh, started breaking open the window. Police identify the gunman as 43-year-old Anthony Dwayne McRae. After an hours-long manhunt, police say he died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound at a location off campus. When he was confronted, he took his own life. We know that he was not affiliated with MSU, not faculty, not staff, not a student. The FBI says McRae suffered from mental health issues. Detectives found a three-page note on him listing places in Michigan, Colorado, and New Jersey he also wanted to attack. Authorities also found a gun at the scene and a second in a backpack along with multiple rounds of ammunition. Today, President Joe Biden again called for a ban on assault weapons. It's happening far too often in this country. We have to do something to stop gun violence ripping apart our communities. According to the Gun Violence Archive, this shooting marks the 67th mass shooting in our country just this year. And it comes on the fifth anniversary of the Parkland High School massacre in Florida, and less than a year and a half after the Oxford, Michigan high school shooting. Authorities say some students who survived that deadly school shooting were also among those running for their lives at MSU last night. Another place that is supposed to be about community and togetherness shattered by bullets and bloodshed. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has lowered flags at half-staff in Michigan. And President Biden has spoken with her and pledged to support local and state response efforts. Meanwhile, law enforcement are now combing through the shooter's social media accounts and writings for any extremist views. Tonight, we've learned McRae served 18 months in prison between 2019 and 2021 on a weapons charge. Investigators are still trying to determine his motive. They say he had no connection to the victims or Michigan State. We're back on the Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And as we said before the break, we're dedicating this entire episode to uh, the victims of the MSU shooting that took place uh, just about a week ago uh, and um, the countless others that were uh, impacted by uh, the violence that took place on the campus of Michigan State University. Uh, and I uh, wanted to take some time in this week's episode to not only talk about what happened, but where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? We're going to answer that question uh, in the latter part of this week's Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. But in this segment, we want to talk about the timeline of events that um, led us to where we are today. Um, uh, just about a week ago, Monday evening, at around 8.15, according to a uh, show Associated Press story, um, gunshots were heard outside a classroom in Berkeley Hall. Berkey Hall, gunman enters the room seconds later and fires several shots, witnesses say. Uh, 8.18 p.m. callers to 911 report a shooting out inside Berkey Hall shortly afterward. Shots reported at MSU union building and then at 8 30 university police issues secure in place run hide and fight alert and then at 10 p.m the second alert warns a person is actively shooting on campus tells people to secure in place more cell phones stay quiet mute cell phones stay quiet suspects is described as short male with mask 
uh, at 10.26 p.m., all campus activities are canceled. For 48 hours, people ask to stay away. At 11 p.m., authorities say five people were shot, some with, with life-threatening injuries. Around that, that time, campus security cameras catch images of suspect. Uh, at 11.18 p.m., two photos released of suspect in a stairway wearing a jean jacket, red shoes, baseball cap. At 11.35 p.m., suspect is located. Police later say an alert citizen recognized him in the Lansing, uh, in the Lansing area miles from campus. 11.36, police announces three fatalities in addition to five wounded. Uh, 12.28 a.m. on Tuesday, police report suspect located off campus and is dead from apparent self-inflicted gunshots. Shelter in place, notice lifted. At 12.58 a.m., this is a uniquely American problem, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer says in a statement decrying gun violence. And she goes on to say, Spartans will cry and hold each other a little closer. These are just a few of the events that transpired after the eight o'clock hour on February the 13th um, on the campus of Michigan State University where a uh, unknown gunman at the time uh, opened fire uh, at Berkey Hall and at the Michigan State University Student Union, killing uh, three students and wounding five others and countless others impacted by what took place. And um, I, like many of you are watching CNN uh, that Monday evening, wondering what was going on, what was happening. Uh, yet another mass shooting taking place and uh, something that we just seemed like we could not um, take our eyes off of. Uh, it had definitely, it had made again, national news, world news, um, and, uh, you know, wasn't a positive, uh, a positive outcome, obviously, because lives were, were taken as a result. But thankfully, um, we have started to be able to move on from this, but there are still uh, many of us that are uh, in mourning, many of us that are still wondering what, you know, where what what could have what what could have been done to avoid this or stop this? There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason uh, behind any of this, and and uh, we're all still trying to piece things together. Uh, but obviously, our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of all of the victims uh, and the the individuals that were wounded uh, by this, this senseless violence that took place just a few days ago. And of course, all those other students who were uh, indirectly involved and impacted by this, um, those that, you know, had to run and hide and, and uh, barricade themselves in their apartments and their dormitories because they were trying to uh, be safe in what seemed to be a uh, very unsafe uh, environment.
And um, it, it's just very sad that we have to, as a country, go over these um, sordid details of yet another mass shooting in the United States. And um, for me, it's very close to home because Michigan State, of course, is my school. Uh, I am an alumni of Michigan State. I have my green and white on today as we are uh, remembering uh, what happened uh, just a few days ago on campus. And we are standing with our university, standing with the students there, standing with the faculty, with the administration, and um, in solidarity with our family, with our brothers and sisters that wear the green and white, letting them know that we have their backs, that we are with them, we're standing with them, and we are definitely Spartan strong. Um, uh, certainly our hearts go out to uh, the three victims of uh, this uh, tragedy, uh, Ariel Anderson, Brian Frazier, and Alexandria Verner, those three uh, that were uh, students there whose lives were just tragically taken away from us, uh, taken away from the world, taken away from their families. They had nothing to do with uh, what might have been going on in this uh, this deranged young man's mind at the time that he decided to open fire on this campus uh, just a few days ago. Uh, and again, there is no rhyme or reason behind it. There is no way for us to really try to reconcile what happened. Uh, all we can do at this point is try to put the pieces of our lives back together and move on from here. Uh, but I think this is a part of a larger conversation that we need to have about mass shootings in this country and what can be done about it. Where do we go from here is a question that we plan to answer in the third segment of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, but I, as an alumni, wanted to just share a little light and add some context to uh, some of the events that might have transpired on that Monday evening. I remember as a student at Michigan State working in Berkey Hall. Uh, I had classes in Berkey Hall. Uh, I was a, uh, a, I sat on uh, the board of ASMSU student board, uh, funding board that met in Berkey Hall. And uh, and so I had a lot of experiences working there in Berkey Hall, going to class there, and even being a student leader at in ASMSU on campus in Berkey Hall. So when I saw uh, that on CNN, it really brought back a lot of memories, of course. And um, uh, and you know, of course, it made. Uh, made me think about some of those things and, and what those young students could be going through in a night class there. Uh, and then someone just abruptly comes in with a wielding a gun and, and, um, and brand brandishing a gun and then decides to, to fire off several rounds. And uh, it, it's, it's just sad again. And uh, our hearts and our thoughts and prayers go out to them. And 
we can only imagine the panic that took place there. We've seen the images of students running for their lives, running out of the school, running out of the hall, Berkey Hall, uh, some barricading themselves in classrooms, others trying to escape uh, to uh, save themselves. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a really, really sad situation. And then, of course, um, the violence did not stop there, but he went on to the MSU Union, which is just uh, a few blocks away from Berkey Hall and uh, opened fire in, Ber in, uh, in the MSU Student Union, where more students uh, were, of course, uh, located and uh, became uh, involved in this mass shooting. And, you know, it, it, it is really, um, really, really one, really, a really, uh, of course, a very sad story to tell, obviously. Um, and all of us, you know, were watching on the television. We're watching and sitting there uh, following the story as it's being told to us from various news outlets. You see the police there. Uh, the Michigan State Police, you see the 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 uh, the university police, you the FBI, the ATF, Lansing Police. I mean, there they said there were hundreds of police that had uh, convened on campus to uh, for this manhunt, trying to locate this suspect who opened fire on these innocent young children, innocent young students uh, at Michigan State and. Um, want to give a, a special shout out to all the first responders who risked their lives. You know, no one knew if, you know, how many, uh, how many shooters there were at the time. Uh, it was only one that was, uh, that, that, uh, was, was the primary suspect. We, we found that out as of late, you know, that it was only one. Uh, suspect or one uh, one shooter, but um, because Michigan State is such a large campus, um, it could have been more than one. It could have been uh, multiple shooters, and because again, it's a, such a large campus, this <laughs> this person could have been anywhere, or persons could be could have been anywhere on campus, but. Um, uh, he was discovered uh, later on that evening, according to the reports of the Associated Press. The police found his body. He had shot himself, uh, uh, self-inflicted wound, committed suicide. And, you know, when we, when we heard that he was a black young man, uh, I knew in my mind that this was not going to end uh, good for him. It was not going to, he was not going to be taken safely into custody. I never, I didn't believe that at all. I, I, I definitely thought that he was going to, the police were, were going to take him down. I didn't think he was going to, to live. And uh, I believe he knew it as well. That's why he ended up taking his own life. Uh, but in conversations that we've had after this, this tragic mass shooting with others, 
you know, the question uh, definitely comes up, you know, if, if this man was so troubled and we're going to talk about mental health and mental illness and, uh, in this, in this, uh, in this week's edition, and more than likely we'll talk about it in the third segment as we, we deal with the question of where do we go from here? But, you know, if he was uh, suicidal, if he was dealing with mental health issues, you know, and believe me, I am not a proponent of suicide whatsoever, but, you know, take your own life. Why involve the lives of other innocent people who have nothing to do with your life, what you might be going through, what might be going on in your mind or whatever, you know, because that, that was that, 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 and, and that was, that's one aspect of it that bothers me, of course. And then he ended it by taking his own life in the end after taking the lives of three others and wounding five other more students. And then of course, impacting the lives of so many others uh, but that was taking your own life at the end was the coward's way out because, you know, you should, he should be here and standing trial and facing whatever charges that will be levied against him because of what he did. And I think in, in my mind, he took the coward's way out by shooting himself, taking his own life because he should be here standing charge, facing charges uh, because of what he did uh, to those young people and, 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 uh, and having to be punished and, uh, and to uh, own up to the, take responsibility for the lives that he took. And I, I, I just, there's so many so many things that come to mind when you think about what happened and what, you know, what went wrong. And, uh, that was definitely those two things. The fact that he took these innocent young people's lives that had nothing to do with what might've been going on in his life. And then he in turn took the gun and killed himself, which was the coward's way out because he now does not have to take responsibility for what he did uh, in this life, but we know in the next life, you know, he will have to answer for what he what he did and what he has done, uh, because he is in the hands of a just God. But nevertheless, we want to see some consequences in this life. We want to see him face some penalties and some punishments in this life, the families of those young people who, whose lives he, he had taken. So, uh, senselessly, uh, they want to see him pay the price for what he did to them. And they won't unfortunately see that in this life. Um, but these are some real feelings that come out of these tragic events that have taken place, not just in Michigan state, but around the country. And we'll get into the statistics. We'll get into how many mass shootings that have happened just in 2023. When we talk about where do we go from here, but I want to just deal with 
the the senselessness of what happened just a week ago and the emotions of it and and really you know delve into how we felt about what happened and uh and the panic and the fear that went that go, that went along with that because these emotions are real and I wasn't on campus so I you know I like many of you who were watching through our televisions were were yes removed far removed from the violence that were take, taking place on on campus but thanks to the reporters at CNN and in other news outlets we were brought in to what uh what happened there and I had the opportunity to talk to a young uh young man who I'm connected with a, a, a student there at Michigan State I have a uh, few other uh, friends that still go there, uh, people that I'm connected with on campus. And I talked to a student there and he told me he was all right. He was in an apartment over in Brody Hall right behind. Uh, well, he was in an apartment behind Brody Hall where all of this uh, chaos and mayhem was taking place. And so of course, he was uh, upset. He was concerned, frustrated, of course, like many students. But um, he was dealing with it. He he was um, in better spirits the next day when I talked to him. Thankfully, uh, he was not involved directly, but uh, he was kind of sharing with me uh, what happened on campus and uh, what he had to do uh, in his own apartment, barricading himself in his room to, to make sure that he was safe during this time. But he, like many other students, were afraid and fearful because they didn't know where the shooter was. They didn't know where, uh, you know, what where was happening, what was going to happen next. And it wasn't until they got the all clear that, you know, things started to return to some sense of normalcy uh, during that, that during those few hours of panic uh, that that Monday evening uh, on February the 13th. But guys, this is where we are. I mean, this is where we are. And unfortunately um, it is uh, a very uh, uh, fluid uh, situation because these types of things seem to be happening more often than not. And something has got to happen. Some, we've got to do something. We've got to come together and figure this out. Uh, we're going to talk more about that part in the third segment of this week's show. But uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the timeline of events that took place and really want to know what your thoughts are about that. Of course, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook, on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ. We're going to share some comments from uh, some of the posts that we've made uh, regarding this uh, MSU shooting uh, that took place on February 13th, what those comments are. And, uh, of course, again, follow us on social media, TOL Radio Host, MSN, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, 
and of course on our Thinking Out Loud, uh, uh, Thinking Out Loud TV YouTube channel. Uh, we have um, posts there as well. So you're more than welcome to reach out to us. Let us know again what your thoughts are about what we're talking about in this Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we're getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the impact of this mass shooting at MSU. Guys, you don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Hey, what's cracking, Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Minneapolis, Minnesota, to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Emmy Award winning journalist, Jamel Hill. I have to ask ourselves, how is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, oh no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they could say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed and are. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It was my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it, he talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts 
only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 touch that dial. It's a Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. A powerful tribute at Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor. The Wolverines and its fans show support and solidarity to its in-state rival, the Spartans, after Monday night's tragedy. Thank you for joining us for Local 4 News at 11. I'm Pamela Osborne. Tonight's game was the first men's basketball game since the shooting. Quite a different scene from games past as fans cheered as the Spartans came onto the court. Our Jacqueline Francis was courtside for the game. She joins us live from Ann Arbor with the feeling inside the arena tonight. Jacqueline. Pamela, it was really something to experience. During that moment of silence, the look on the faces of not just the state fans, but the Michigan fans as well, as everyone reflected on what has truly been a heart-wrenching week. powerful display of unity. It just gave me goosebumps you mentioning it and I brought a lot of tissues. Michigan and Michigan State fans set aside their rivalry and came together in the wake of Monday's deadly shooting on the MSU campus. We share our condolences for the lives lost, those critically injured, and everyone impacted in this marching community. A tribute that went a long way for Spartans still reeling in the wake of this tragedy. It's just great what, what they're doing here in Ann Arbor to give some healing and it's just it's just a wonderful thing. We're hoping for the best. Warming up on the court, the Wolverines wore special shirts that read Michigan basketball stands with MSU. While Michigan State players wore Spartan strong across their chests. Oh, it, it's a reminder that we're like basketball rivals but still like not rivals. moment of silence, top of mind, were the three students that lost their lives and the five still fighting to survive. My son has a friend who was one of the victims who was shot but is alive and so that has been really challenging to know that he's, you know, uh, I, I think that he's doing better but he's going to be in the hospital for a long time so that's really hard. The unity felt in Chrysler Center, a reminder that sports have the power to bring people together. It was a basketball game, so there was a winner. Michigan did end up pulling off a win. The final score was 84-72. Michigan will have highlights coming up in sports. It is also worth noting that Michigan State students will resume classes on Monday. Reporting live from Ann Arbor, Jacqueline Francis, Local 4. We're back on the Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And um, we, we talked uh, before the break about the timeline of events that took place uh, February the 13th, Monday evening at Michigan State University, where a deranged young man by the name of um, 
Anthony McRae opened fire on uh, innocent students at Michigan State's campus, killing three and wounding five others. And uh, we're taking the time in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show to talk about what happened and answer the question, where do we go from here? A very important question that I believe needs to be answered. And, um, you know, we as a community, when I say community, I'm talking not just about uh, those of us who live in, uh, those of us who are alumni of Michigan State students, uh, faculty, administration, whatnot. I'm talking about legislatures. I'm talking about lawmakers. I'm talking about those who are policymakers. We are all a part of a community of people that can do something about what happened. And we plan to talk about that in the third segment of this Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. But in this segment, we want to talk about the impact of what took place at Michigan State. There were several lives that were taken, uh, young people's lives that were lost, families that were impacted, young people that were wounded, uh, both uh, physically and even mentally as a result of what took place there on campus. According to an AP uh, news report, police seek motive of gunman who killed three at Michigan State. The 43-year-old gunman, Anthony McRae, who killed three students and wounded five others at Michigan State had no apparent connection to the campus, police said Tuesday, as they searched for motive for shootings that terrified the community for hours. Investigators were sorting out why Anthony McRae fired inside an academic building and the student union just before 8.30 p.m. Monday. An hours-long lockdown at the campus in East Lansing ended when he killed himself miles away while being confronted by police. The shooting happened uh, the day before the fifth anniversary of the Parkland, Florida school shooting that killed 17 and is the, and is the latest in what has become a deadly new year in the United States. Uh, President Biden says we have to do something to stop the gun violence that's ripping apart our communities. And uh, meanwhile, a school district in uh, Ewing Township, New Jersey, closed for the day after investigators said that McRae, who lived in area in the area years ago, had a note in his pocket indicating a threat to schools there. Uh, but it was determined there was no credible threat. Local police said later in a statement shared by the superintendent. Uh, again, um, this was a tragic event that took place, but we have seen, uh, at Michigan State rather, but we have seen this happen far too often. And uh, something definitely needs to be done. Uh, we know the three individuals that were killed, uh, Ariel Anderson, Brian Frazier, and Alexandria Varner, according to the state news, um, these three young people, Ariana, Ariel Anderson is a Gross Point native and MSU junior who was known for her aspirations to tend to the health and welfare of others as a surgeon. She was a passionate, she was passionate about helping friends and family, particularly children. In fact, Anderson once told her grand, uh, grandmother, April Davis, that 
when she become when she became a doctor, she would help take care of her aunt who is disabled. She has so much passion. I'm still trying to grasp it. Davis told the Detroit Free Press last week, kind and caring, most likely to succeed in the eighth grade. Anderson is remembered fondly by her families and friends who have wished to remain private as they grieve. Ariel loved and valued her family. She took pride in everything she did from school work or helping out with her family events. And uh, Jessica Wilson Anderson's aunt said, Ariel comes from a huge family. And at the events, she would go around the whole room and embrace everyone with a hug and her beautiful, infectious smile. I believe she was also the niece or the cousin of um, actress uh, and reality TV star uh, Delicious. Um, Anderson was their precious daughter, granddaughter, sister, niece, cousin, and friend, her family said in the Instagram post. Ariel Diamond Anderson was a rare, pure diamond, the most caring and influential young woman I have ever come in contact with, Wilson said. From the moment she was born to her first words all the way up to adulthood, she was respectful and responsible. Ariel had a vibrant love, peace, and positive energy that anyone could pick up on being around her. Ariel is now my beautiful, rare, pure diamond in the sky. We are all blessed to have Ariel in our family. We love and miss her dramatically. Again, this was um, the young African-American student, Ariel Anderson, uh, one of the three that was killed in the mass shooting at Michigan State University. Brian Frazier, also a young student there at Michigan State, a Gross Point native, was a sophomore studying business and the chapter president of Phi Delta Theta, clearly loved by his fraternity. Frazier was a leader on campus who embodied a contagious smile and was charismatic and caring. More than 50 Members of MSU's chapter Phi Delta, Phi Delta Theta shared their tributes to Frazier. True brotherhood, welcoming, respect, and kindness are only a few of the adjectives used to describe him. It's been really hard. I can't lie. Social work sophomore Macy Clymer, who is Frazier's friend, said, it's something I never thought I would experience, which is jarring, and I'm trying to get used to it. But we're just trying to hang around everyone who knew him and keep talking about him. I was at a party. It was on Halloween and I had a really bad day. I was almost in tears. Climber said he like pulled me away and was just giving me the biggest hug. I barely talked to him before he looked me in the eyes and said it was going to be okay. You can't be sad when you look at his smile. There's something about his smile that just made me feel better instantly. That was the first real interaction with Brian I knew, and I wanted him in my life forever. A memorial scholarship in Frazier's name was created, and donations for it can, can be made online. Finally, Alexandria Werner was a, a biology junior, and Clawson native uh, was a league MVP basketball, volleyball, and all-state softball player known as a leader both on and off the courts. Werner is 
loved by her parents, sister, brother, and the entire Clawson Public Schools community. Verna's basketball coach, Kelly Horn, met Verna when she was in kindergarten. She played in the Little Kids Basketball League, and along with her siblings, a time that Horn recalls fondly. When Horn took over Clawson's high school varsity basketball team, Verna was a senior. She was our leader, and on and off the court, Horn said, my seniors right now played on JV while uh, Al was a senior. They're taking it pretty hard. That just shows you what type of leader she was. The MSU community has come together to honor our departed Spartans in remembrance, anger, confusion, and most of all, grief. From alumni-supported events to somber candlelight vigils, their legacy continues to breathe air into our broken campus. They will never be forgotten. These are just uh, brief synopsises of the lives of the young people that uh, were taken very tragically in the mass shooting that took place on Monday, February 13th, at the hands of Anthony McRae, a deranged young man who, uh, according to reports, uh, lost his mother uh, in a stroke. And according to his father, uh, said that he, he, he saw his son son's personality basically degener degenerate into um, uh, behavior that was very inexplicable. He uh, stayed home and played video games all day in his room, uh, let himself go, and um, really didn't have much else going on in his life, from what I understand. Uh, but police uh, found um, notes and things of other things that he wrote down. And uh, after, you know, of course, this carnage and mayhem that he inflicted on these innocent young people at Michigan State University. Uh, but for me, the saddest part about this is that he took these innocent lives that had nothing to do with what, 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 what was going on in his life. These young people did, you know, woke up on that Monday morning and had no idea that that would be the last time that they would say, hello or goodbye to their relatives. They had no idea that that day would be the last day that they would say anything to their loved ones, their friends, their family, or whoever they might've been. And again, these mass shootings have no rhyme or reason to them whatsoever. Uh, and the fact that they're, people in power not willing to do what it would do do what is what needs to be done to make sure that these types of events do not continue is uh very disturbing very disturbing to me and i know like many of you we want to see some kind of tangible resolution to this uh, and the, the the solutions just seem so far away because those that uh, those that need to make the hard decisions are not willing to do so. And we're just left to grieve and mourn again for the lives that were taken from us 
in such a tragic way. And I, with many, I along with many of you are mourning today, grieving today with those families that have lost loved ones. Um, and according to the article we read before, you know, this was, uh, just a, a few days before the fifth anniversary, the shooting the day before the fifth anniversary of the Parkland Florida school shooting. Uh, and I think it might've been a year uh, anniversary of the Oxford school shooting in Oxford, Michigan. From what I understand, there were some students from the Oxford high school that are now MSU students that had to relive this type of mass shooting all over again on the campus of Michigan State University, which again is very unfortunate for them as well. So, you know, here we are having to sort out these details and to try to reconcile what happened and piece together, uh, you know, what happened, what could, what, what could have been done to avoid this in some way. And many of us are scratching our heads, wondering, you know, how did we get here? And again, where do we go from here? Um, we plan again to talk about that question in greater detail in the third segment of this week's show. But the impact of what happened is massive. And what I also talk about in this episode, in this, in this segment as well is, uh, the outpouring of love and, uh, and support that our university has received, uh, from, uh, not just people in Michigan, but even around the country, uh, we have gotten outpouring, uh, outpour of love and support um, and, and we've even gotten an outpour of love and respect and support from our rivals, uh, in Ann Arbor as well. And, uh, I thought it was a classy, uh, a classy gesture on behalf of the university of Michigan in Ann Arbor, uh, the, uh, the next day we played uh, the, the Michigan Wolverines in Chrysler Arena. And actually it wasn't the next day, it was a few days later uh, because uh, all of these sporting events, in fact, I believe it was that, set, that Saturday, right? The, the Saturday, February the 20th, I believe the 19th or the 20th, we played the Wolverines in Chrysler Arena. And um, yeah, it was, it was Saturday and uh, the Wolverines, uh, the, the, the University of Michigan planned to uh, have a moment of silence before the game and to acknowledge and recognize the campus shooting and to stand with and support the community of Michigan State University against uh, this growing problem of gun violence and mass shootings in our country. And I thought, again, it was a Oh, it was a, a great show of, of support and respect for our beloved institution on behalf of our rival Michigan uh, University of Michigan. 
And I thought it was a classy gesture. I really did uh, for them to do it in that way. Um, Spartan athletes wore T-shirts that had Spartan Strong on there. And Michigan uh, students and athletes wore a T-shirt that says Michigan stands with uh, our brothers uh, and sisters at Michigan State University. So I thought, again, that was a great way uh, to show solidarity and support for our institutions because of what took place uh, just a few days earlier. And again, it could have taken place anywhere. It could have happened anywhere. Gun violence and mass shootings, no, no zip code or destination or uh, race, ethnicity, color, location, or what have you. Uh, but the way that people have embraced the Michigan State community, wrapped his arms around us, uh, is so, so uh, important. And um, uh, that show of support uh, is really makes the difference in these difficult times. And I'll share with you a clip from Michigan's Michigan state Spartan head coach, uh, Tom Izzo, as he talks during the vigil that took place just a few days, uh, after that faithful day on Monday, February 13th. Take a listen. Wow. Um, I normally speak more off the cuff, but, uh, you're following the governor and the president and doctors and you're just a basketball coach. I decided to put a little more into it. So I'd like to start by offering my condolences on behalf of my family, Lupe and Stephen, Raquel and Stephen was at one of the buildings two nights ago, about 10 minutes after things happened. So sometimes we don't understand because we haven't been through it. That little moment brought me a little closer to understanding. But as well as our entire university community who was impacted by the horrific actions Monday night, I'm representing our athletic department and I feel like Michigan State, my 40th year here. I don't like the place. I don't love the place. I live the place. To the families of those who were senselessly taken from us, words seem so hollow right now. To the individuals currently fighting for their lives in a hospital and their families, we're praying for you and I know that my wife and I got a chance to go to the hospital. I know Governor Whitmer was there and I know our president was there. And unbelievable people. There are so many good people in the world, the doctors, the nurses. Although for me, I'm also a father of two Spartans of my own. I can't begin to imagine what all of you are going through. But I do know that we, as a campus community, can offer our support both to you and to each other. Look around, look next to you, shake somebody's hand, introduce yourself to someone you don't know. That's what we are. 
And that's what we need to be at this time. I'd like. So, yes, um, we are still grieving and still mourning the lives, mourning the loss of the lives of these three young people, Ariel Anderson, Brian Frazier, and Alexandria Werner, uh, three promising young people that lives were just taken from us very tragically. And, you know, I'm reminded of the words of uh, the famed poet, John Don, who says, no man is an island entire of himself. Every man is a part of the continent, a part of the main. If a man dies, it diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. And, our, and mankind is diminished today because of the loss of these three lives of these precious students that uh, were tragically taken from us and our thoughts and prayers again go out to their families, their loved ones who uh, are still grieving and mourning their losses on today and we pray for them we pray for those who were injured both physically and mentally by this and uh we, we, we truly believe that something needs to be done. And I certainly believe that something can be done. We'll talk about more of that on the other side of the break. Guys, it's Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnimmons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. All pro football player Derek Mason on Jay-Z in the NFL. Jay-Z said, you know, we're past milling. Because Jay-Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. 
Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King on the culture of CHH. My brain is overloaded. Like, I think a lot of people are like, man, there's not really many people doing this. There are thousands of very amazing artists that are doing Christian hip-hop. So I think about Aaron Cole. I think about Stephen Malcolm, who is there someone that could hear an interview and be like, I want to work with him. Like, he would be a person that I, I would love to work with. He's just a phenomenal rapper, just really creative. Wande, she's another one that, uh, another artist that I had on my radio show. She is, um, Wande is maybe in her early 20s. She's doing a lot of stuff now with Reach Records and just really different, <laughs> really, um, going against the grain. Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell on what he does besides comedy. Yeah, yeah, comedy is always my first, my first job. Radio is my side job, but I just um, got a nonprofit. I've been working with other people's nonprofits for the last 30 years, um, and I just created my own nonprofit, 501c3, called the Process Success Foundation to deal with leadership. And basically, I'm just gonna take a bunch of young men on field trips all around the world. And I can show you how during the NHL season that all basketball stadiums have ice on them with the hardwood over the ice. Once I show you those processes, then I can teach you the process of forgiveness. I can teach you the process of love. I can teach you the process of being grateful. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Martin Luther King III. You know, I've had an extraordinary uh, life. Discussing what it's like being the son of an iconic legend as Dr. King. Uh, um, so many opportunities that I shared with my father in a very short period of time. I was 10 years old when he was killed in 1968. And uh, of course, I shared far more opportunities because I had uh, the ability, well, because my mother lived so much longer, uh, started the Martin Luther King Center for Nonviolent Social Change. Uh, worked very hard to get the Martin Luther King uh, Junior, uh, junior uh, National Holiday. So I look at it as a tremendous, uh, really, blessing. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. At, during the commercial break, uh, just before we came back, I got a text from someone who was at Michigan State today uh, where there was uh, a gathering to consider and protest about uh, gun laws uh, in the state and elsewhere and what can be done after the mass murder at Michigan State where three people were murdered. Uh, 
as we sit here tonight, is there a chance in in Michigan now for any changes that you could foresee? Oh, I, I think it's much better than a chance. Uh, firstly, even before the very tragic events that took place last week uh, in East Lansing, I think we were going to see um, some considerable changes in Michigan state law, and that involves universal background checks, uh, red flag laws, safe and secure storage. These things were already moving forward, but the timeline for introduction and for passage of those uh, bills, I think, has just been expedited by these events. So I think it, you know, I, I hate to say that anything in government is a certainty, but I think we're as close to that as you can possibly get. I do foresee these incredibly popular um, bills becoming law in short order. Yeah, what was it like for you when you got the word about what was happening at Michigan State? Well, it was, it was devastating because uh, really at the same time that I was hearing about it from uh, my chief of investigations who was on the ground and who was getting our special agents out to the scene, I was also hearing about it from my two sons, both of whom are students at Michigan State University and were on campus at the time. So, you know, it was a horrible set of circumstances for, you know, not just not just to be the uh, top law enforcement official in the state having to deal with this issue, but as a parent to children that were there um, close by, you know, it's something that no parent ever wants to hear and no parent ever wants to have their child have to go through something like that. What did you tell your kids? Honestly, I was uh, communicating with um, my staff and at the same, you know, at the same time I was trying to communicate with my kids to give them the best information that I possibly could to help them stay safe. Um, unfortunately, I was sort of learned later that um, the gunman was right in the vicinity of where actually both of my kids had been at different junctures. So, you know, it was, it's an incredibly terrible set of circumstances to be in the position that I am in law enforcement and to still feel as though you really can't keep your own kids safe in a circumstance like this. And that's why, you know, going back to referencing the gun bills, we have to do everything that we possibly can to make sure that people like the gunman uh, in this particular set of circumstances either doesn't have the ability to purchase a weapon or that it, we make it easier for the courts to remove a weapon from somebody who we know was experiencing some significant mental health related issues and really was not fit uh, for gun ownership or possession. We're back and uh, we're continuing our uh, discussion uh, in the episode we're calling Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show where we are discussing uh, the tragic events that took place at Michigan State University uh, on uh, Friday, um, Monday, February the 13th, where uh, Anthony McRae, a deranged young man, uh, took the lives of three young students there and, and um, wounded five others and countless others that were um, mentally wounded, I would say, um, by uh, what took place uh, just a few days ago. And we, we uh, thought it was 
appropriate that we take time uh, during this week's edition to talk about and discuss um, the events that took place there and try to answer the question, where do we go from here? Uh, very poignant question uh, that has been asked before about several other uh, issues in this country when it comes to civil rights, when it comes to uh, a number of different topics. But today we want to use this question to address uh, where do we go from here when it comes to uh, trying to uh, end this growing problem of mass shootings and domestic terrorism in this country. Uh, it is very unfortunate that we have, that we are here in this place yet again. And um, according to a New York times report, uh, U S mass shootings in 2023 uh, at the start of 2023, the United States has gotten no reprieve from its epidemic of mass shootings. Uh, some happen in public places, bringing terror to the spaces Americans pass through every single day, while others happen behind the closed doors of a home. Some are motivated by personal grievances, while others are terrifyingly random. Some capture widespread attention, while others are barely noticed outside of their local area. Uh, last year, um, well, the... I'm sorry, as of, as of mid-February, and we'll get to this, as of, mid, as of mid-February, the Gun Violence Archive has counted 80 mass shootings in the United States this year. 80 mass shootings. And we are not even in the 80th day of this year. Uh, as of mid-February, the United States this year, seven of them involved four or more fatalities. Last year, the group counted 647 mass shootings. Of those, 21 involved five or more fatalities. So think about those numbers, guys. We are not even in the 80th day of this year. Uh, 31 days in January uh, and uh, well, 30 days in January and 28 days in February, and we are, we are only 56 days in this year, and yet there already have been over uh, 80 mass shootings. That is some terrible, terrible, uh, terribly frightening statistics. Uh, and, and it is a, rea a sad reality that we have to deal with and that we have to address. Um, this MSU shooting, again, one of the latest, but uh, February 19th, uh, just a few days after the MSU shooting on the 13th, 11 people were shot in Memphis, one fatally at two separate crime scenes that the authorities said they believe were connected. So even days after the shooting that took place at Michigan State, there was yet another mass shooting uh, February 19th in Memphis, Tennessee. And so, you know, there's a part of me that, that thinks that, that um, these types of things can be 
uh, can be stopped by by simply um, these things can be stopped by by simply cracking down on uh, uh, the gun trafficking and cracking down on you know who's able to access guns uh stricter gun laws uh and and some of those simpler some of some of those things that we think uh, seem to be fairly simple it seems in this conversation that they are indeed very more much more complicated um I was looking at an article uh, that uh, from a year ago, Congress passed a bipartisan legislation. Congress passes a major gun safety legislation in the wake of mass shootings. This uh, coming from a uh, report, small town, America, me, America media.org website uh, last June. Uh, Congress passes a bipartisan gun safety legislation in the wake of mass shootings. The House passed bipartisan gun controls legislation in late June, voting 234 to 193 on the bill. This comes after the Senate passed the bill just days before, voting 65 to 33 on this legislation. It is the first major gun safety legislation to make it through Congress in almost three decades. The bill called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act was pushed following recent mass shootings in Buffalo, New York and Uvalde, Texas. You all remember what happened there uh, in May of last year. The legislation was prompted by discussions among 10 Republicans and 10 Democrats. And so this gun safety legislation was passed last year. Uh, and, you know, this was, according to this article, was passed two weeks prior to Congress going on their legislative recess before the July 4th holiday. Uh, but, you know, and we'll get into some of the specifics of what this bill has and what it doesn't in just a minute. But it seems to me like this was a knee-jerk reaction to what happened in Evaldi, Texas and Buffalo, New York. Um, because if there was if there was real teeth to this legislation, then you wouldn't have a situation where we are just days into the new year in 2023. We're not even again 80 days into this new year, and yet we have 80 mass shootings in 2023. Um, so you can kind of see the track record of this legislation uh, based on how many mass shootings we still are having as a result of it, because there's still there's still more work that needs to be done uh, in, 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 in order to stop these types of things from happening, which I certainly believe we can do. Um, but according to this, uh, this legislation, uh, here's some of the things that 
that are in it, this measure, the measures introduced in this newly passed law, the legislation will expand background checks for prospective gun buyers between the ages of 18 to 21 and will incentivize states to provide access to juvenile records before gun purchases can be completed. And there's the language, incentivize states to provide access. It doesn't mandate that states provide access. It just incentivizes it. So it's encouraging or it is, uh, incentivizes it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make it mandatory to provide access to these juvenile records, which I believe are important. It also expands an existing law preventing people convicted of domestic abuse from owning a gun. The definition of who qualifies for the ban will expand to include date, dating partners as the existing law currently only includes spouses and former uh, spouses. The legislation defines a dating relationship as a relationship between individuals who have or have recently had continuing serious relationship of a romantic or intimate nature. Um, that is fairly you know, that, that's only covering one specific kind of relationship because there have been mass shootings from individuals who were just stalkers, individuals who stalked someone they were not in a relationship with. Uh, they were not in a, in a quote unquote dating relationship, but they were a stalker of, of someone. Uh, but, uh, but they turned the gun on them and, and, and others because of, their desire to want to hurt this person. Uh, so in a new section of this ban introduced in the bill also allows for people who are restricted from gun access to have their rights to own a gun restored if they have a clean record for five years. Um, the legislation also will push for states to create red flag laws, uh, which allow enforcement and other entities to request a court to take away guns from people deemed to be threats. $750 million in grants will be set aside to incentivize states to enact red flag laws. Again, incentivizing states or encouraging states to do so, not, manda not mandating that these states use these red flag laws. And these, there's, there isn't the, the, the universality of this is, is obviously not there because states have uh, the ability to uh, create their own types of gun legislation. Uh, and that is why this, the language in this bill is very soft, I think. It's very, uh, uh, it's not aggressive enough. It doesn't, to me, have enough teeth. The law also includes new penalties for those who conduct straw purchases, the process of illegally buying a gun from another person. People who do straw purchases can now be sentenced up to 15 years and up to 25 years if they use the illegally bought gun in a felony, terrorism, or trafficking. Um, the legislation also will include over $25 billion in funding for school safety and training telehealth programs to expand access to mental health and community-based mental health programs. That is all well and good, but there isn't a direct connection to uh, mental health and the purchasing of a gun or the uh, background checks that 
I believe, first of all, need to be extended longer waiting periods for, uh, for, uh, purchasing a gun and there, there needs to be some kind of mental health component integrated into that background check, this background check as well, uh, which, um, I think will make this, make the background checks more comprehensive and more impactful and effective. So, you know, it, this, this bill is obviously missing the teeth that it needs, uh, to, to really, um, the, the, to really enforce and punish those who break the law. Uh, and there's also, uh, the, 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 the legislation is not as comprehensive as plans that president Biden and many Democrats have called for, which includes bans on military style, AR, AR 15 semi-automatic rifles and universal background checks. Many Democrats still are celebrating this as act as a crucial step towards further action on guns. To me, it was a, a small step in the right direction, and yet it was a step. You know, we, we're celebrating the step. Well, we shouldn't say celebrated, but acknowledging the step. But there is definitely more work that needs to be done in that regard. And I posted on my Facebook page uh, in talking about this particular tragedy as a Spartan alum, we're praying for the families of the three Spartan students that lost their lives last night. This was again, February, uh, February 13th, uh, during another senseless mass shooting taking place in this country. Ariel Anderson, Brian Frazier, Alexandria Verner, Bernie did not deserve to die, but today we mourn their loss. We also pray for the safe recovery of the five students that were injured as well and countless students that were impacted by the active shooter incident that took place on the campus of Michigan State University. It is time for the state and federal officials to act and pass substantive gun legislation that will call for stricter background checks, longer waiting periods, includes mental health checks as a part of the process. All of this, I believe, is necessary if we want to rid our society of this senseless and reckless behavior. It's time to push past partisan politics and roll up our sleeves and get down a brass tax and pass this legislation so that we can save lives for the future. Um, and uh, I wanted to share a comment uh, from Kimberly Talley, uh, who responded to uh, what we posted. Not sure how that suggestion for longer waiting periods would help since he bought the gun after a weapons conviction where he should have been convicted as a felon. Also, background checks can check for mental illness due to the, uh, the HIPAA law. So you are facing a huge hurdle there. I would love to see mental illness be addressed. Accessible quality care for anyone would be great. So I went on in my response to uh, Kimberly I mentioned longer waiting periods for background checks to give the authorities the ability to check and double check a person's background before a gun is issued. And I also mentioned mental health because that definitely needs to be a part of the equation as well. I also believe that mental health is a matter of public safety in as much as the common denominator in all of these mass shootings is mental illness. 
So there is more than enough justification to have mental illness checks as a part of the background checks for a weapon. If a person is not willing to submit to a mental illness check, then there is a red flag right there. Uh, so I agree. I think that mental health is a big part of this. Uh, and their statistics uh, show that, uh, that um, a lot of these uh, uh, shooters involved in these um, types of mass shootings are dealing with and grappling with mental health and mental illness. And so um, it makes perfect sense that mental illness and mental health be integrated into the background checks for uh for these persons or person person or persons who want to purchase a gun it makes it makes sense we have to do something when it comes to um uh securing and and making sure uh the public is safe and mental health is a matter of public safety no question about it it is very important that um, we make mental health the centerpiece of this conversa conversation where you talk about uh, comprehensive gun legislation. And when you don't, you are basically avoiding the pink elephant in the room. Uh, and I'm not saying that everyone that has been involved in a mass shooting uh, you know, is dealing with, with, with uh, some mental health issues, but I don't think we're that far off uh, by adding that as a part of the background checks for those who want to purchase a gun. I don't. I really don't. Uh, but needless to say, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And there is no justification for us not doing something, not doing anything. Uh, just sitting there folding our arms and watching as more lives are lost, more lives are taken, uh, I think is a dereliction of duty if you are a legislator or lawmaker in this country and you have the ability to, uh, to, to draft legislation that could prevent these types of things from happening. Uh, so, you know, I, I've, I've said this, and I'm sure you might have thought about it as well, that you won't see real change until... Uh, and when uh, these types of events hit the uh, uh, are impacted um, or affected by the lawmakers and legislatures themselves, when they lose loved ones and they lose children and family members uh, as a result of these mass shootings, then maybe just maybe we'll start to see the the comprehensive gun legislation that we need. Uh, in order to see. And I'm not wishing that on anybody, make no mistake about it. But it just seems like we are not a nation. We're not a people that are proactive. We are a people that are more reactive than anything. We, we wait and, and we wait to see, we uh, respond to, we, 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 we don't think about the future until it gets here. And that's a bad position to be in when you're just, responding to events and crises that have already happened by that time it's too late by that time it's too late to do something 
because it has already happened and it has already transpired. And then when you rush to put legislation in place just to say that you've done something is not sufficient either, which I believe this conference, this, uh, this, this uh, gun safety law uh, that was put into place uh, uh, last June after the, uh, the Buffalo, New York mass shooting and the Evoli, Texas school mass shooting, uh, that rush to put some type of gun legislation on the books, in my view, was not sufficient because it lacked the teeth, it lacked the, uh, the enforcement, it lacked the, uh, the, the, the kind of, uh, uh, the kind of legislation or it, it lacked the connection between, um, the background checks and mental health that needs to be there for this type of legislation, in my view, to be effective. And so, uh, a rush to push legislation out there just because you want it out there is not an answer either. Uh, legislatures need to sit down, roll up their sleeves and, and, and really do the work that they were sent to Washington and sent to the, uh, to these, le these state legislatures around the country to do by the American people. And then we'll start to see the change that we need to see in our country and even in our world. But until then, we're going to continue to see these types of mass shootings around the country, unfortunately, until someone decides to do the work that needs to be done. That's, how I, that's my view about it. That's my thoughts about this. Where do we go from here? We need to do the work that needs to be done. And we as citizens need to put the pressure on our state legislatures, our uh, our congressmen and women, our senators, uh, to put the uh, the right um, to put that to take the time rather uh, to put that type of legislation in place, regardless of uh, party affiliations. You know, for the sake of uh, humanity, for the sake of our human rights, uh, th this type of legislation needs to be um, moved forward and. Uh, you know, whatever we need to do to make that happen, we need to do it. And I'm going to continue using my platform as a podcaster, as an influencer to do that as well with every guest that we interview with every, uh, episode that we put forth, we're going to continue to talk about the things I believe that matter to you. Um, I love to get your thoughts and feedback about this as well. Uh, you know, we cannot stop. We won't stop. We have to be diligent. We have to be vigilant in our pursuit of, of justice uh, and fairness and, uh, and, and safety in this country. And we can't do it when we're just sitting by idly by sitting idly by watching things happen because, you know, there are three types of people as we get ready to go to our, take our last break, three types of people, in our world today. There are people that make things happen. There are people that watch things happen. And then the last person, there are people that just say what happened. So my question to you today is what kind of person will you be? What kind of person 
do you want to be? Do you want to be the person that is making things happen? Do you want to be the person that's watching things happen? Or do you want to be that person that just says what happened? I don't know about you, but I want to be that person that is about making things happen. And that's who I think you are as well. Guys, we're getting ready to take our last break. When we come back, we're going to give you our thought of the week. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Vision. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision, endorsed by best-selling authors, Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega pastor, Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jamel Hill, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with my man, Michael Nimmons. Stay locked. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's time, 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 a message from the ecumenical community regarding the mass shooting that took place at Michigan State University on February 13th, 2023. Take a listen. Of us that uh, put together, this is not an official group or anything, just some of us that have gotten together and we work so very diligently during the last election and we continue to work amen as one group speaking one voice of unity amen we don't get into theological debates amen about the uh, muslims religion and the islamic religion and and the jewish religion and and the, and the christians we don't get into all of that because at the end of the day we ought to be able to come together we can't come together on who jesus is or mysteries of godliness we can still come together on those on those things that are plaguing our society and plaguing our communities and we all gathered on the phone and and, and had a call and said we need to come out with a statement 
regarding this gun violence that is in our that's in our communities and, and in our neighborhoods. And, and you know, at the end of the day, we're praying for people across the pond and across the oceans, but we got problems right here in America. And we need to continue to pray that God will lift us up even while we are trying to intercede on behalf of others. So I read this open letter that we have come together with and all of us are reading this and asking our friends as well that are not a part of our group to read this letter on this Sunday. It is an open letter from the ecumenical and interfaith community concerning the Michigan State University tragedy. Together we as faith-based leaders from throughout Detroit, representing well over 200,000 parishioners throughout the state of Michigan, extend our deepest and sincerest condolence and compassionate concern to the families of the fallen victims of the Michigan State University tragedy. May God also grant grace and healing to the other victims currently recuperating along with the students and staff of Michigan State University as well. Today and from our pulpits this Sunday, we as men and women of God speak with one voice. We collectively denounce the inhumanity of senseless violence that occurred at Michigan State, but also has occurred throughout our nation and the world. The culture and the spirit of senseless death and destruction that prevails is something we must all come together to eradicate. We represent a multiplicity of people, denominations, reformations, and organizations. But we stand together lifting our voice in a clarion call for peace. According to recent studies, we have more guns than we do people. A recent published report shows that there are 120.5 firearms per 100 residents. Our safe havens are no longer safe. Unfortunately, fortunately, Heinous acts of violence and mass shootings have become everyday commonplace occurrences. At the writing of this letter, it is day 48 in 2023, and there have already been at least 71 mass shootings in the United States this year. We can no longer sit idly by in our churches, synagogues, mosques, and houses of worship, merely lifting up gratuitous prayers and canned phrases. We can no longer justify building teddy bear shrines to these acts of violence. Let us not lift up prayers for the dead. Let us not just lift up prayers for the dead. Let us lift up a cause of policy change for the living. As faith leaders, we stand unified and strong. We know beyond the shadow of a doubt that faith without, without works is dead. James 2.17 this is a clarion call to our political leaders that this time there would be no delays. This time the strongholds of partisanship and in partisanship and indifference will be shattered and systematic change will take place. We will observe and hold accountable those officials who seem to prefer, prefer guns over human life. We absolutely must pass gun reform legislation, background checks, support for mental health, and more training and evaluation measures for law enforcement. These and other policy changes are desperately needed in each mass violence, inc violence incident over and over again is evidence that of that urgency. As we share this message this weekend to our constituencies and the public, may God's power and presence be with us all as we navigate through a grievous season toward a peaceful 
future. I ask everybody. There you have it, Spartan family, Spartan friends, alumni, community around the country and the world. The ecumenical community is standing with you in this your hour of need. Not only are we calling on the legislatures and the leaders of our country and the world to come together to pass comprehensive gun legislation, but we're also calling on our Heavenly Father to help us mend the broken hearts of those who have lost loved ones to the senseless violence that has crippled our nation. If my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will they hear from heaven and I will heal their land. We hope that this week's Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show was comforting and therapeutic to those of you, including myself, who are still grieving and mourning the loss of these young people who tragically lost their lives just a few days ago at Michigan State University. Uh, Ariel Anderson, Brian Frazier, and Alexandria Verney, Renee, who were students at Michigan State and lives were taken by this deranged young man and even to those who were injured both physically and mentally as a result of this mass shooting there at Michigan State. Our thoughts and prayers are certainly with the families. We know that uh, they are still yet grieving, they're still yet mourning and um, time heals all wounds but I'm sure there will forever be a uh, vacancy in their lives that only God can feel. And we are believing now and praying for them that God will mend their broken hearts because he's the only one that truly can. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Spartan Strong edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. To all of my Spartans out there, alumni, students, faculty, administration, we want to let you know that the Thinking Out Loud radio show is strongly behind you, supporting you, and um, we're sending our thoughts and prayers to you as well, uh, knowing that God is the only one that can bring us through this. We're, uh, we're going to come out on the other side of this stronger than we have ever been before. And um, we are standing with um, standing with our uh, MSU Spartans and um, our community, and um, definitely echoing uh, the sentiments of everyone that who have, everyone who has spoken thus far. We are Spartan strong, and we will get through this. Stay tuned next week for another powerful edition of Thinking Out Loud radio show. Just as a side note, uh, we are still yet uh, putting together a show uh, where we're going to be sharing with you an interview uh, with uh, Senator Chevron Jones of Florida. 
uh, discussing what is happening in the state of Florida. Uh, our signals have uh, gotten crossed and weren't able to actually get an interview in, but uh, we're actually working to get that interview scheduled. And as soon as we do, uh, you'll be the first to know. But we're planning to be, uh, planning to have Senator Chevron Jones from Florida with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And guys, we have got a, a, a historic interview coming up in the month of March. And we're working on uh, for Women's History Month. And we've got uh, some great interviews lined up. And one again, that is really going to um, be very, very historic. And I can't wait to share this interview with you in just a few weeks. But uh, mark your calendars and we'll be sharing more about this uh, interview in the month of March for Women's History Month. Uh, I'm telling you guys, this one is going to be one for the book. So uh, uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you're following us because we're going to be kind of leaving some breadcrumbs here and there, giving an idea of who we're going to be talking to for Women's History Month in the month of March. So guys, stay tuned for that because we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> uh, so guys, uh, we, we're getting ready to get out of here. But as always, remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Remember to follow us on all of our social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Make sure you share, make sure you watch, make sure you subscribe, and, and do all of those things. And even leave us comments as well, because we definitely plan to share them right here on the podcast so guys uh be sure uh to like uh and subscribe to the thinking out loud radio show podcast of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Want to be a guest on the podcast? Send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in each week for the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, giving voice to issues that matter to you.